You're listening to Time in the Word. Jude's warning to Christians in the church is occasioned by the appearance and infiltration of false teachers in the churches, pointing out that their goal is to destroy biblical faith, biblical Christianity. He is not simply interested in condemning the false teachers, but more than anything, he wants to explain their presence in order to ensure that Christians understand their clear and present danger and are cautious when engaging them as they contend earnestly for the faith. In today's study, Warning Concerning Apostates, Dr. Gonzalez will point out their craftiness, condemnation, character, corruption, and creed. As God ministers to you through these series of studies and as you experience God's love and grace in your own life, Share these podcasts with others so that they too may be blessed by God's word and his amazing grace. Let us listen to Dr. Gonzalez as he continues his current study in Jude. Turn to Jude. We will be reading the first four verses. Uh, The study today will be focusing specifically on verse four. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James to those who are the called Loved by God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Dear friends, although I was eager to write you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once for all. For some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth. They are ungodly turning the grace of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Master. Jude speaks here of wicked and apostate individuals who had infiltrated the church. And the desire of the apostate is to destroy biblical faith, biblical Christianity. Now notice some of the characteristics of these individuals. First of all, look at their craftiness. Jude says, For some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth. That phrase, have come in by stealth, means to settle in alongside, to enter secretly. The Greek word implies a sinister and secret infiltration. Chuck Swindoll quotes a commentator who illustrates the term this way. It is used of the plausible and seductive words of someone who pleads their case cleverly, seeping gradually into the minds of a judge and jury. It is used of an outlaw slipping secretly back into the country from which he has been expelled. It is used of the slow and subtle entry of innovations into the life of society, which in the end undermine and break down the ancestral laws. It always indicates a stealthy insinuation of something evil into a society or situation, close quote. These apostates secretly slip in and they settle down in the church with their wicked intentions known only to themselves. They come to church, they sit in the worship services, they attend Sunday school classes, they even attend the church fellowships. They're part of the everyday life of the church except for one important thing. They're imposters. They're not present for the good of the church, but for the destruction of the church. An apostate is a sneaky crook who has no honor. Just like a robber who will not ahead of time announce that he's going to rob somebody, he just simply shows up unannounced in order to perpetrate his evil. So does the apostate. The false prophets, the false 
teacher's intention is to go as long as possible unnoticed while all along doing his wicked work. There are always tares among the wheat. Matthew 13, 24, 25, and 38, 39 says this, He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed weeds among the wheat, and left. The field is the world, and the good seed, these are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Someone has well said that wherever God sets up a house of prayer, the devil always builds a camp. Jude also speaks of their condemnation. They have been marked out for judgment. We see that these men, as it says in verse 4, who were designated for this judgment long ago. Now rest assured that the apostate's work will be met with the judgment of God. That term designated for means to write previously or to announce. The idea is to report or announce in advance. Thomas Schreiner writes, What Jude specifically meant has been the subject of considerable debate, but we can begin with the general meaning of the statement. The judgment that these intruders will face was prescripted long ago. Jude reminded his readers at the outset that these adversaries had not taken God by surprise. Their judgment was prescripted from the beginning, and it followed as a corollary that God knew they would appear on the scene. We think here of Proverbs 16.4 that says the Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The reference to judgment indicates that the adversaries would not triumph. God will dispose of them ceremoniously and finally on the day of judgment. Jude encouraged his readers to persevere in the faith by assuring them that the intruders would finally fail and be judged by God. Close quote. The word of God has warned us in advance that there would be apostates to deal with. Jesus warned us in Matthew 7:15 when he says, be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. That word ravaging means praying with rapacity or uh, voraciously devouring. What a description of what these individuals desire to do to the local church. In his Olivet Discourse concerning the end times, Jesus warned us three times about false Christs and false prophets. Peter spoke strongly about these apostates. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3, through 3, he says, There were indeed false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, and will bring swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved ways, and the way of truth will be maligned because of them. They will exploit you in their greed with made-up stories. Their condemnation, pronounced long ago, is not idle, as, and their destruction does not sleep. Notice a few things from Peter's passage. First, you see their agenda. They're going to destroy. They have destructive heresies. Why do they do this? Because of their greed. And what are their methods? 
exploitation, Peter uses the word exploit, and deception, he says, made up stories. These false prophets and false teachers are exploiting both the redeemed and the unredeemed. That word exploit carries the idea of using a person or a thing for gain. It is the word for from which we get our English word emporium, which speaks of a place of business where profit is sought. How do they exploit? Through well-crafted deception. And there sure is plenty of profiteering going on in the church today. I once read of a seminarian who said that he had gone to seminary so he could go plant a church because that was a sure way to get rich. Apostates are in the business of destroying God's people and hindering the work of Christ and profiting in the process. Notice again that they're in the church, not outside. These are dangerous individuals described by Paul as wolves. Notice what it says in Acts 20, verses 29 and 30. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. The bottom line is that these deceivers are not interested in the kingdom of God, but in their own gain. And then notice their character. Jude characterizes apostates as ungodly individuals. He says they are ungodly in verse 4. This refers to the doctrinal side of their heresy, with their flagrant sensuality or lewdness in the name of God's grace. These false teachers were denying Christ as their master and Lord, replacing him with themselves and their sinful appetites. While claiming to know God, their actions actually denied him. What Paul wrote in Titus 1.16 certainly applies perfectly to these false prophets and teachers. He wrote, They claim to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. They taught lies, and in so doing they denied the basics of the Christian faith. And such a denial also ends in judgment and destruction. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10.33, But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Fine's Expository Dictionary gives the definition for the word ungodly as meaning, quote, without reverence for God, not merely irreligious, but acting in contravention of God's demands, close quote. So apostates talk about the things of God. They know all the theological terms and words. They know how to act. They read books, discuss doctrine, and put on a general appearance of being a Christian. But in their hearts, they do not know God. And unfortunately, as Peter says, uh, some people are fooled by the appearance of these ungodly apostates, of these false teachers. We must remember that the devil is a good actor. In 2 Corinthians 11, 14, and 15, listen to what Paul said. And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their works. These men have the general appearance and makeup of a Christian, but they have never been born again, and by nature they are children of the devil, according to John 8.44, and they're working against God. 
And then we see their corruption. They corrupt God's grace. Apostates, notice what it says in verse 4, are turning the grace of our God into sensuality. So apostates are corrupting the precious things of God, namely his grace. That word sensuality means looseness, irregular indulgence of animal desires, wantonness, lustfulness. According to Vines, the prominent idea is shameless conduct. They turn grace into an opportunity for license. And it refers to those who have absolutely no shame for the wicked acts that they commit. We see this in our own day. We live in a time of unrestrained lust. It is everywhere. Even those who profess to be God's people are using the excuse of being under grace to justify their wicked lifestyles. The idea is that they turn the grace of God into a license to live their ungodly lifestyles. So Jude stated that by living in such a way, they are in essence denying Christ. You see, you cannot live for the pleasures and sins of this world and claim Christ as your Lord and Savior. When a Christian, close uh, quote, close quote, lives according to the standards and pleasures of the world, his very lifestyle, in essence, denies that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Yes, God's people do have liberty, no question, but it is a liberty that comes with much responsibility. Listen carefully to what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom or liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. Paul clears up the misconception that so many adhere to today, that liberty is a license to sin. While they may not use that exact terminology, that is in essence what they teach. Liberty is never a license to live an unrestrained life. It is an incentive to live wholly to the glory of God. And then finally, we learn of their creed. They deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what he says at the latter end of verse 4. Denying Jesus Christ, our only Master and Lord. Jude now points out the apostate's creed. This is the foundation of the apostate's problem. These false teachers not only lived immorally, they rejected the authority of Christ. In the original wording, it is clear that the entire statement refers to Christ. Jesus is both our absolute sovereign and our God. As master, he possesses absolute power and thus commands obedience. This Laodicean age rejects all forms of authority. False teachers or the apostates, they also deny the deity of Christ, making him just another creature. Apostasy refuses to submit to him and give him his place as as the sovereign Savior and Lord. John wrote in 1 John 2.22, Who is the liar, if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. The apostates reject and deny him now, but judgment is coming. The day is coming when... At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God 
the Father. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful epistle. May we take seriously and to heart the clear instruction that we are receiving. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who helps us understand what it is that your text is trying to communicate. Father, may you take what you've taught us today and help us apply it day in and day out as we seek to faithfully stand for you, stand for the truth, and seek to communicate the gospel of your salvation, the gospel of grace with those who do not know you. We pray these things in the blessed name of our Savior. Amen.